Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, here we are with the Word of God, and may God really open up this Word. There, there are so many things in the Word of God that in my build-up research for this, I realized it is completely impossible for anybody else to be the Savior of the world. Because Jesus on every page and in every situation where he was involved fulfilled the prophecies. And you see it particularly in the book of Matthew all the time that it is written because this happened because it is written uh, by the prophet Isaiah that said the following things and so on, so on, so. Uh, uh, he fulfilled the scriptures like you almost think that it is supernatural, but then you realize it is actually supernatural. And then where you think, well, you know, maybe this is coincidental, but then you see, no, wait a minute now. This plus this plus this plus that, all of these things that he's doing is precisely right. You know, in every page of the Bible, you can see the Lord Jesus Christ. Here on Good Friday, it's an absolute key day. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus I want to say something that, um, you know, when you take, you, you, you partake of the communion, which of course today is the most important one of the year, when you partake of the communion, you see the Old Testament and how it reflects what is actually contained in the New Testament or explained in the New Testament. I stand amazed at these things that... Um, I think sometimes um, I wish I could just press a button, make a, a copy of of that which the Lord has given me through the years in terms of studying uh, and just give you a copy of that so you would know what I'm talking about altogether because a lot of people do not quite understand. Um, you know, uh, if we see, and I want to just mention this, it is very important to understand that many of the things that happened in the New Testament, uh, you know, when Jesus did something, they quoted, and when he did something, he quoted. For example, I need to say this, Matthew 4.1, directly after his baptism, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Tempted by the devil. The devil is immediately there. Stop that man from, um, you know, saving the world. That's the title of this particular sermon. Stop that man. And Sunday is a big one. Stop that man from being raised from the dead. And then, of course, we have the concert, the music event on Sunday night. Stop that man from saving the world. So the devil gets to work immediately. And right here, we see it in Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 2. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said to him, If you are the Son of God, always throwing a shadow of doubt upon the Word of God, if you are the Son of God, then... Command these stones to become bread. But he answered and he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Uh, 
Then the devil took him up on into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself uh, down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning you, and, uh, and, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And then Jesus comes back and he makes a counterstatement there at that point. He said, It's written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. But it doesn't stop there because in the eighth verse, it continues and says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And then the Lord says, says these words, powerful words. He said, he said to him, away with you, Satan. If you look at uh, Matthew 4 and in the 10th verse, you'll see he says to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall, shall, shall you serve. And then, of course, in the next verse, verse number 11 of Matthew chapter number 4, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came, and they ministered to him. So right there, the devil was immediately, from that moment in time, trying to stop God from fulfilling his word. Now, I need to just say a few things here. Uh, he came to save the world. The devil didn't want him to save the world, but the devil didn't know God's strategy because uh, you'll see the verses when I read them to you. He didn't know what God's strategy is. And now he gives up and he leaves him. Uh, and, uh, uh, and behold, the angels came then in Matthew 4, verse number 11. And it says, and the angels ministered to him. Now, having said that, um, did you realize that in the New Testament, in the New Testament, um, almost all in the New Testament, almost all quotes, in fact, as far as I know, all quotes quotes in the New Testament was all from the Old Testament. Even when Jesus answers the tempter and he says to him, it is written, it is written. He's quoting from the, uh, the book of Deuteronomy. He's quoting from the Old Testament scriptures all the time. And I, I am amazed, but in the book of Acts, in all the epistles, everywhere you see the apostles quoting, it's always from the Old Testament. Now, I have to say this to you, that a lot of people, you know, walk around with a New Testament-only Bible or New Testament and Psalms, and, you know, they think that's half the Bible, it's not the full Bible. And what you need to understand is that you need both the old and the new, because the new is contained in the Old Testament. It's explained in the New Testament. And so, therefore, when you look at the Old Testament, you actually see the places where Jesus quoted, and he said, it's written, it's written. He's the word, so he knows exactly what to respond with which verse. We need to learn, study, get the right verses in our hearts, in our minds, and ask the Holy Spirit to bring them to remembrance. 
You know, in the Bible school, I used to t- teach the students on every key problem that a man can ever face in life. You have to have a few verses that you'll be able to quote. I'm now in this situation, that situation. And I actually, you know, in those early days, drilled the students to have verses containing any subject that I say. They can pray, but they must first quote the word. And I did that in the old uh, 1986, 87, 88, the, the Bible in the early years uh, when I was in Bible school, taught them in the Bible school. I taught them, quote the word and then pray over it. Quote the word and hear Jesus. What does he do? He quotes the word from the Old Testament. That is why they speak of him. That is why all Christians need to understand you need to have them both. It's like having these glasses, but I can only see through one eye if I could only see, let's say, only the new covenant. And I don't see the old covenant, the Tanakh and the Brit um, Hadashah, uh, which is the New Testament. Uh, they are both uh, one book and the one reflects the other and vice versa. But the quotations of all the apostles came from the Old Testament. Moreover, the New Testament only came into being after these men began to write down, document, and all of that. It was not yet fully circulated, and Jesus was literally fulfilling scriptures. What he had spoken about in the Old Testament through the Holy Spirit inspired men that he was busy fulfilling in the New Testament. So for him to say to the devil, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God only, and him shall you serve. Um, I'm, I'm caught with, with just what happened on the cross. And just to give you another little insight here, it's a, to me, this is one of the most important verses in the Bible. Maybe it's the first time that I have mentioned this. But in my life, this spells the pillars of why did Jesus come? And where do we see types and shadows? We've dealt with Joseph last week. We see Moses taking the nation out. We see how they are in Egypt. They're in bondage. And he's talking to Pharaoh. And uh, they're all the plagues of Egypt. And then suddenly God gives Moses an instruction even before the Passover. And he says these words. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. The word Lord is important because 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, nobody can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I am the Lord. Number one, number one, I will bring you out under the burdens of the Egyptians. Number one, I'll bring you out. Number two, uh, he says, I will rescue you from their bondage. Number two, you're brought out of the land of Egypt of your own life. When you give your life to Jesus, he rescues you from any form of bondage. Number three, I will redeem you. That was to be fulfilled. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it's written, cursed is he. This is Galatians 3.13, by the way. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. For um, it, it, it says these words, that the blessing of Abraham, verse 14, might come upon the Gentiles that they might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Through faith, these things all happen. 
And by the way, faith is just that important. You know, these people, those few, in this case, Joshua and Caleb, that believed God, Caleb was actually not even uh, from the 12 tribes of Israel, but he knew God and he trusted God and he had, had faith like a giant. He could kill the giants of Hebron afterwards. At uh, Over the age of 80, he said, give me, give me uh, Kiryat Arba, which is Hebron or Hebron, as they say today. Give me Hebron, where the mountain where the giants dwell. I'm going to take that. At the age of 80, this man Caleb. And Caleb means, Caleb in, in Hebrew means a dog. So the Gentiles were often called dogs, even in the, in the New Testament. And so here we see, I will bring you out of bondage. I will redeem you. That means to, to buy you out, to purchase you at a price and an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people. So let me just repeat those words. He says, I'll bring you out. I'll rescue you from bondage. I'll redeem you. I will take you as my people. And there's the whole message of the gospel. There's the whole message right there in Exodus 6, verse 6 to 7. Those verses are key in my personal life because therein I see absolute pillars of Christianity. I see the Old Testament containing the New Testament and Jesus Christ in his life on the cross fulfilling just that. So it's the four gospel, it's the four, four witnesses uh, of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, and also it's, it's like four pillars of the faith of what would the Lord do? Bring us out and rescue us from bondage, redeem us to pay a price for us, and that is of his blood, and take us to be his people. So, you know, that makes me think of John chapter number 15, uh, where John 14, I'm sorry, John 14, where Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, Believe also in me in the house of my father, many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And when I go, I will come again and I will fetch you unto myself. So you look at that. It says, I will take you as my people. And you see the, right there, you see the whole story of the gospel in those two verses. Isn't that just amazing? How the Lord has got these types and shadows and uh, how the Lord works with these things. I am just absolutely am amazed. Then um, I need to say this to you. You know, he who knew no sin became sin for us. He who knew no sin, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, became sin for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. Romans chapter number 8 says, In his body, um, you know, he carried in his body the judgment of sin and sorted that thing out altogether and uh, put it aside uh, by, by nailing it to the cross. And we know this today, that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came to redeem us and to save us and then take us to him. So that verse goes on. It says, 
in the house of my father, there are many mansions. Uh, I go to prepare a place for you, and when I've gone, then I'll come back, and I will bring you to myself. That's the rapture of the church, the first advent, second advent, on the day of the, uh, of the Armageddon, where Jesus comes down to the earth to judge the Antichrist. The first advent is, of course, where the Lord ascends up into the air with those who are raised from the dead. And Daniel chapter number 12, even Israel, it says these words, and you, Daniel, go and rest. And it says, and in the last days, many will arise from the dust of the earth. Dust you are, and from dust you will return, the human being. But we are more than just a biological body, as some people try to say. I am amazed how they keep on trying to equate mankind with animals like monkeys, baboons, and gorillas. It's just such an offensive thing. The devil, whatever God did, the devil does something. He creates new religions. He creates cults. He creates sects. He creates all kinds of things. He tries to counter absolutely everything that God has done. And so the devil is, if you look at, if you read the four Gospels, and just by, by manner of quick thought, you know, it's like immediately in the desert. Um, Jesus is hungry. Now he's got to eat. And uh, in that situation where it's a matter of life and sustained life, uh, he, he begins to say to him, well, tell the stones turn to bread if you're the son of God. And after this, we see them trying to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. In the, in the city of Nazareth, they took him to a cliff, tried to throw him off a cliff, but he walked through them, and uh, they could not do a thing about that. The Bible says in John chapter number 10, 17, Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. He was the one that had to authorize and to say, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to die for these people. And you know that that to me is the most unbelievable thing that spells out that 1 John uh, 4 verse uh, 8 and verse 16 tells you God is love. God so loved John 3, 16. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. On the, on the cross, he knew no sin, became sin for us. He judged in his own body on the cross, Romans 8, sin, and the wages of sin is death. And so, so he says, I'll come and get you. I'll receive you unto myself. He says, I'm going to redeem you. And if he does that, he does that on the cross. He pays the price of the blood of God. Born of a virgin, he, pray, he, he pays the most incredible, incredible price. You know, he, heavens and the earth, by him all things were created. Without him nothing was created that was created. Now he, the creator of all things, humbles himself, takes on the form of a mere servant, and even more so, uh, he is he's found in the fashion of men, and then he becomes obedient 
to, unto death, even the death of the cross. For all of these things he faced, death he faced, he faced it even before. The devil tried to stop him straight away. He couldn't stop him. So if you look at that, they tried to throw him off the cliff. They tried to stone him. They tried to do anything that is physically possible to stop him. Then came the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the so-called religious cadre of that time. They came. The Herodians, they came. It was you know, Everything was coming against Jesus. He was facing a huge storm. It is written that um, this storm, that he despised the cross, he despised the shame, endured the cross for us on earth in the book of Hebrews. It is for us that he did these things to get you out of the clutches of hell itself. He says, I am going to lay down. So when it comes to the crucifixion, it was a choice of Jesus. And uh, when he had to do it, he says, now my soul is in agony even unto death. He goes to the garden of Gethsemane just after the Hallel, singing the Hallel, which is those psalms, which I'm talking about, Psalm 113 to 118, and there he dies on the cross. And so I'm reading this verse, maybe I should read it for you, from Hebrews 12 to looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every single name. Jesus the Lord on the cross on our behalf, taking your and my sins on that cross in his body, judging sin in his body on the cross, and then breaking the curse and redeeming us. Now, if that doesn't tell me that the Lord Jesus Christ loves me and loves you, if you're looking at me right now, I want to say to you, if you look at me, understand that Jesus Christ loves you. It's very simple. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in your heart, your mouth and your heart, these two, you confess it with your mouth, you believe it in your heart, that God the Father raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. And the Bible says, For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, Romans 10.10, 10, and with the heart man believes unto righteousness. That's a prayer that you make, and you simply say, I confess him, I believe in my heart, and I pray God wash me in his blood and redeem me with a Come across that word now in Exodus 6, 6. Redeem me from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us. Galatians uh, 3, 13 has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He knew no sin. Had to be made sin for us. Do you know those lambs in Jerusalem that were brought in at the Passover? That had to be without a spot, without a blemish. And you know what? John the Baptist looked at Jesus and then he said, he said, uh, behold, the Lamb of God. Now notice what John the Baptist said. Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world, not just of Israel, the world. That means you're included in the love of God.
He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants you to commit your life to him in an enduring fashion. And when you are a hearer of the word and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17, then you become a doer of the word. You can't, you know, practice the word of God selectively. You've got to say, I'm going to read this whole book from beginning to end because it explains everything about the master. And then I'm going to discover how little I actually know and the pastor facing you spent the last, how, I don't even know how many years now, that I've just been studying solidly in this word. And, you know, I, I feel, I said, in fact, this morning I said to the Lord, Lord, I need another infinite amount of time to try and get to the bottom of this. I will never, ever come to the end of the scriptures. I'll never, ever be able to do that. It's like, wow, Lord. It's like, did you, did you put so much... In the scripture, I mean, when you hung on the cross and you said, it is finished. What did that all mean? You endured the cross, despised the shame, died and redeemed us. And now you're coming again to fetch us. Why? Because you love us. I shall never doubt the love of God towards me as an individual. And don't you ever doubt that love either because by his stripes you are healed. Those that did not have faith died in the wilderness. Those that had the faith went through into the promised land. Remember that. Jesus came to save you. I'm going to go on with this uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get back on Sunday when I pick up this amazing story with much more revelations around this crucifixion and then, of course, behold the resurrection from the dead. Now we've come to the end of the service. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that you have delivered us. You have saved us. You've taken us out of the land of bondage. You've delivered us. And Lord, you've redeemed us by your blood. And you are coming back to take us, fetch us unto yourself. We love and praise and honor you forever and ever. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.